0: hello world hey world hello world welcome to hello world the future is female hi everyone welcome back to hello world the future is female today i'm joined by the ambitious and brilliant lydia keating she has over 1.7 million followers on tiktok she's a digital creator graduated from Yale and is getting a master's degree from BU. Um, she's published a lot of work on Ellie Weekly or the NPR member station WGBH. Um, but beyond her accolades, I wanted this episode to really focus on her ideals of being an ambitious woman navigating what being an entrepreneur means in 2022. So with that being said, Lydia, could you let me know a little bit more about yourself and how you got to where you are today?
1: Yes. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for all those kind words and for that introduction. I mean, where to begin? I think in terms of entrepreneurship, it's it's uh, kind of been a long and winding path, but I feel like I've always been someone who's been pretty independent and um, I don't like having a boss. <laughs> um, and I, I find menial work to be really tedious. So I think entrepreneurship kind of was like the natural outcome of those preferences. But yeah, like you said, I um, I went to Yale and I studied cognitive science there. So, um, I really wasn't in the field or space of creative writing or or much creativity in kind of like the the stereotypical sense of the word. I think, like every, job in every field requires creativity to some degree, but I was, um, you know, reading a lot of psych studies in college and that was kind of, um, what I my bread and butter so to speak and then I graduated and I moved to Los Angeles to work in the entertainment industry because I knew I wanted to be a writer and I specifically wanted to work in television and obviously that is like an inherently creative space and there's so many brilliant writers and uh, performers and um and directors and everything you know it's obviously a hub of television and film so um And I I had a very clear moment when I was out there where I felt almost overwhelmed by surrounded by so much talent and so much um, creativity where I was like, gosh, am I really cut out for this? And I had a friend actually who he was really um, encouraging of like, well, why not you? Why you know, if you think all these other people are amazing, why don't you have that same faith in yourself and your own success? And so I think kind of that mindset shift of the moment you the moment you think, oh, it can't be me is the moment you've lost. And the like if 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 you don't believe in yourself, then don't even go ahead and try it because then it's pointless. Like the first step and the only step has to be in believing yourself. So I think that mindset shift has carried me through a lot of my things, uh, of kind of my endeavors of I have, uh, you know, believed in myself and and it kind of has to be like a blind belief. Like you just can't even hesitate, like, or go into the space of like, oh no, maybe you're not cut out for that. Because as soon as you go there, it, you've lost. So I think I don't know if that's a full answer to your question, but I that's a big part of why I, you know, am do work for myself and and kind of am in the positions that I'm in today.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. My mom always tells me, like, Isabella, if you don't believe in yourself, no one will. So you have yeah. to have that intrinsic like belief that you can do it. Um, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think I think people can sniff sniff it off of you when you don't believe right. in yourself and you don't have the confidence. So mm-hmm. um yeah, it's I think and even if it's kind of a performance at first, it's still better than kind of yeah, not believing in yourself, yeah.
0: What made you study cognitive science in college and then pursue creative writing later on?
1: Yeah, I so at Yale I had to declare my major at the end of my sophomore year and um I was most of my credits were either WGSs, which is Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies, or CogSci. I just found the CogSci classes really interesting. A lot of it, you know, CogSci is the blend of neuroscience and psychology, philosophy, linguistics, computer science. So it's kind of this like blend, this really inter- interdisciplinary blend. Um, and I had taken a lot of psych and philosophy classes. So it just seemed like the natural choice because it was, I was like, okay, what, what does it look like I'm interested in? Um, and I, my, I, I called my parents and I was like, I'm choosing between women's gender and sexuality studies and cog sci. And you know, they're old, they're boomer, like, you know, they're older folks. So they, they really didn't understand, like, they were like, they didn't understand why anyone would ever study women's gender and sexuality studies. Like, they don't even know what that means. Yeah. And so I didn't, I, I chose CogSci because it felt like, you know, it feels, even the name, I think to many, maybe feels more serious, feels more practical, feels like it has more applications. And I don't regret CogSci, like I loved it. And I think it informed my understanding of the way people think and just like human cognition and behavior patterns. But I look, now I'm working on a novel and my novel has a lot to do with like our relationship with masculinity everyone's relationship with masculinity and like what how the place it holds in our behavior and our interactions with each other and so I think like I don't know I sometimes think I should have done WGSS but yeah I did, I chose CogSide because I had already taken a lot of credits
0: and it just seemed like a good choice and, and it was great I loved it yeah. awesome yeah. Being young, I think it's really great, but also it comes with a lot of cost. People, I think, underestimate people who are young and sometimes they take advantage of people who are young because like we're kind of like working all the time Mm -hmm. um, in our culture now. And so when it's getting brand deals, pursuing, you know, your academics um, and really taking into account a lot of um, voices that you have to listen to, how do you learn to advocate for yourself and really establish boundaries as a, a young entrepreneur? That's a great question. Um, It helps, like whenever I start to feel
1: like I'm not taken seriously or, or I'm just maybe like not getting adequate respect or deserved respect, I think as long as, you know, you can't control obviously how other people treat you or how they, I mean, you can set your boundaries and say that this is where I draw the line. But I think people, you can't, you, you don't obviously don't have full control over other people's behaviors. So, and it's easy to be when someone's treating you badly or not treating you with respect. I think it's easy to kind of like get over a little overwhelmed by that and then lose track of where your boundaries are and, and where the line you draw, where you say, don't talk to me that way. Or like, this is what I deserve. Um, So I think it, I mean, I, I, I think it comes with just like always keeping that, keeping your boundaries at the front of your mind so that when you're in these interactions where there's potential for them to be crossed, you, you know, immediately when to say it. So you don't find yourself in a position where your boundary was crossed 10 minutes ago, but you're still stuck in this conversation. So I just think always being, you know, I, I think, it sounds almost selfish, but like you have to protect yourself before you worry about anyone's anyone else's emotions. And I think obviously, young women are taught so deeply to that that, that it's their job to make every, everyone else around them feel okay and feel comfortable mm-hmm. and and it's their job to be polite and agreeable, I say yes to things, I yes, know. yeah, even mm-hmm. if it's at the cost of their own their own boundaries and their own comfort, right. So, and I, I think, and I hope that is changing, but I definitely, as a young girl that was like ingrained in me and breaking out of that is tough. And I think even still, when women get angry, they're called crazy. They're not called angry. When men get angry, they're just called angry. Mm -hmm. So, um, hopefully that's changing, but I think not even, I think, staying true to yourself and and not allowing yourself to be like gaslit into thinking you're acting irrational when you're reacting to any like something bad that happened around you um and and trusting yourself and trusting your read on people, your read on, on situations.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think there's this culture in high school or even like in college of just like, it is what it is. You kind of have to just go with like your mental health is just second and you just have to say yes to all these things. Um, But I think there's starting to be a push of more of like awareness of, I need to establish these boundaries, put myself first. And I think that's what I really liked about your accounts on TikTok and what you kind of stand for. It's almost this genuine um, and uplifting, but also very honest, brutally Mm -hmm. honest way um, of just saying like, that's not okay. And we shouldn't just kind of go with the flow. Um, And so I think it's refreshing because of that filter that's already on social media and even how that transpires into like every aspect of life so how did this like almost branding style where did it come from and um do you think your experiences in college did they really bolster your um your career choices or opportunities in terms of like the way as in the way i brand myself on the internet Mm
1: -hmm. um I mean, I like. I don't really give a ton of thought into how I brand myself on the internet. I think I just try to. I do try and just be myself. And whenever I've tried to like branch out of that and like be a certain way because I think it's going to get more views or be more successful, it's always failed because it comes off first of all as inauthentic, and it's exhausting to make content that isn't true to yourself. So I I haven't given given a whole lot of thought to to branding just because it's it's been growing my social media has been definitely an organic process of just like sharing aspects of my life and figuring out okay when I'm oversharing and kind of reeling it in and then maybe not sharing too much and and then not therefore not being relatable so in that sense I am constantly playing with that the balance um with specifically with that because I don't I've gone through phases where I feel like I'm sharing everything and that is not good because then you're giving basically everyone an opportunity to comment on what every part of your life, what you're doing bad, what you're doing well and and it it is psychologically very exhausting. So I try and as I've got, you know, done it more and more just like keep a balance of only putting Aspects of my life out there that I'm like willing to be that I'm willing to like receive critique or hate on because there's always going to be a hater. There's always going to be someone in the comments telling you how you could have done it better or wrong. Like for example, for the New York City Marathon, I'm making videos about like the outfits that I'm gonna wear, and of course, there's someone in the comments telling me that I'm that that my outfit isn't gonna work for me on the day of my run. And yeah, um you know, I've run six marathons. So I think I'd like to know, I I, I know what I'm doing when it comes to what I should wear and what I shouldn't wear. But I don't, that to me, it doesn't bother me so much that Mm -hmm. there's someone saying like saying that in the comments, because I'm just like, it just doesn't feel so personal. Like I'm like, they have their beliefs and it's just, it is what it is. And that's that. Um, so yeah, with that, with branding, that's kind of, it's just been kind of an organic thing
0: when i was preparing for this interview um normally people have like one or two jobs um where they really focus on one thing and i think that goes for high school as well they tell you like don't really pivot just kind of focus on one thing so you can be really good at it um but i think it's a very stark contrast to you because you pivot a lot but you pivot successfully um oh, which i think is quite hard to do to have the confidence to do that um so i think it's this aspect of The importance of exploration that you bring and you like really showcase, which I think is important. And so, whether it's running social media, you know, writing or you know, your stand up comedy, how do you really know what to do next and when it is the time to quit something?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. I I, to your point about like high school and I assume people are giving you this advice of stick to one thing because it's going to help you get into college better, yeah, ease, yeah. more easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's some truth in getting really good at like one thing and being the best at it. And that sometimes being a ticket to getting into a really good school. I personally, like, you know, I much, most of my high school years were dedicated only to rowing, and and I did get recruited, and so that was to go to Yale. So it was like it, that. I think there's some truth to that in this ch- in the chapter you're in of your life. um But not not everything is about. If your priority is getting into like a certain school, then sure, that might be one approach you take. Plenty of people I know got into really great schools just being super well rounded people, and like that's that's it's obviously they landed in the same exact spot I did without being like highly specialized. Um, so I guess that, that's not super clear advice with regards to like high school um like whether to at least focus on just one thing in high school or not, but with my life after, college I definitely you're absolutely right that I definitely have like pivoted many times um I did stand up then I did social media then I've always been a runner but then I like really showcased my running on social media now I'm I got my MFA in creative writing I'm writing a book so like there's been so many different iterations of my life in the past especially the past six years and I sometimes I wonder is that just a product of I was like so restless in college doing rowing over like every day twice a day just the day is kind of being it being like groundhog day over and over and over again that like now I don't want to stick to one thing because it's boring and it reminds me of high school and college but um I think there's something to be said about keeping it fresh and just following the little passions as they arise um without there's always the risk of If you do a little bit of everything, then you end up doing nothing. So I try to be careful of that. But, you know, life is meant to be enjoyed and life is meant to be um, fun and exciting and stimulating. So I think that's
0: something that guides a lot of my choices. Mm -hmm. When, like, getting inspiration and stuff like that, I have been turning to, like, TikTok and the media. I think that plays such a big role now. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think there are, like... Do you have any recommendations for books, um, articles or blogs that have inspired you, um, whether it's like pursuing um, academics or your career? Authors that really inspire me, uh, George Saunders, Otessa Moshfegh,
1: Sally Rooney, they all write literary fiction that feels very culturally relevant, which is kind of something I'm attempting to do with my mm-hmm. own writing in terms of like blogs I mean, I with fitness, it's actually interesting. I, I only started like watching YouTube videos and, and consuming a lot of digital content when I started making it myself. Like, I think people talk about like growing up on YouTube and I certainly did not. Like, I didn't even yeah. know vloggers existed. I didn't know who Emma Chamberlain was until I started making content and like learned she was like the queen of the internet. And like, so, so I definitely... There's a uh, fitness creator who I love. her Her account is Anna Archer Fitness. She's British. She's a lot younger than I am, so sometimes I'm like, "Am I like a weirdo, like <laughs> watching her content?" But it's it it inspires me, and I think she has a really playful approach to working yeah. out, where it's like not so regimented and serious, and go to the gym when you want to and have fun. And um, yeah. so that's where I get some fitness information, uh, inspiration. I I mean, I follow also like professional ultra runners. Um, so I, and I'm obviously so far from their level, but I, I find, even though I'll likely never reach that, I, I find like watching the best of the best is really inspiring. Yeah. And like, um, and then, I mean, I follow so many fashion girlies cause I love <laughs> fashion. So yeah, like, I, I think like, I, yeah. I don't really, there's no specific newsletter, but like there are, uh, Like a fashion creator I love is Montana. Her account is Montana Experience.
0: And a lot of her clothes are like bright and colorful and fun. So yeah, I don't know if that's helpful. No, that makes sense. I remember I was watching one of your videos and you were like, start to notice your media habits and what you find cool and interesting to watch. Because that really shapes like, what is, what are you interested in? And I think people like, are like, I don't have no idea. Like start to notice who you follow and what you think is, is interesting. So yeah, I think that totally makes sense. um, Yeah. You're saying. To close out this interview, I always ask everyone because I think it's interesting to understand um, their stories and what kind of their like end goal is. So, how do you think you will change the world now, or even in the near future? That's such a good question. All of your questions are so good. Um, I think it, now we're in the near future.
1: The the way I don't know if this is necessarily world change, but like in terms of spreading good. Um, I do feel, I I do really appreciate and will continue to make content that hopefully inspires people to be active, embrace, specifically running, of course, because my content is so much about running in a way that ho- hopefully feels more accessible than other versions of, of running they've seen online. And I mean, I truly believe movement is medicine in so many different facets of our life, whether it actually be like um, physical health, but just even for me, mental health. And um, I,
0: I hope to continue to inspire people to put on some sneakers and go for a run. That's it for today's episode. Remember to stay positive, stay inspired and change the world. Bye, everyone. I'm gonna make you